1: Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate.
2: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year, this is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
3: Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Remember you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course you can check us out over at CheeseHeadTV.com. I am Kyle Fellows and I am here with my co-host Andrew Mertig. It is another Friday show. We're
4: excited to be here. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing really well. It's Friday the thirteenth in 2020. I can't imagine anything bad could happen. Um, but we're, you know, we we talked last week about the the Packers Thursday night matchup against the San Francisco Forty ers That feels like it happened about a month ago, and we don't have to stay up late to record on Thursday night for this one, but we're back to our normal schedule and routine, and that is previewing the Jacksonville Jaguars today, so um, I'm really excited to, to jump into that a little bit.
3: Yeah, we've got key matchups and X-Factors again on today's show, and um, this is an interesting one because... By all accounts, it looks like the Packers should be and are heavily favored in this game. Um, They match up really nicely in the areas that they should match up with, on on top of the fact that this is just a bad Jacksonville football team to this point. But we don't want to look past that. There's a lot to get into in this game, and a lot of intrigue even in layers uh, because of players that happen to be uh, former Jaguars and those kinds of things. So we're excited to get into it. Uh, Why don't we start with the offensive
4: side of the things? Yeah, so my key matchup for the offense is sort of the entire offensive roster against Miles Jack. And, and like, honestly, Kyle, I don't even like saying his name. Not getting Miles Jack in the 2015 draft still hurts my soul. I mean, you know, that Kenny Clark guy turned out okay, but... I did. I was totally in love with Miles Jack, and to watch him slide down the draft board from a t- potential top five pick and then end up going in the early second round that that was uh that was a tough pill to swallow. But we've we've seen the impact that Eric Kendricks and then Fred Warner were able to have against Green Bay the last two weeks. And yes, the Packers should be able to overcome that because they outmatched this team at almost every other position. But getting a blocker on the second level is going to be the key to the running game getting started and really taking over and controlling this game. And Aaron Rodgers needs to be careful with the ball when he throws. And I I know he always is. Aaron Rodgers is the safest quarterback in the NFL. But Jack is the kind of player who can totally wreck your over-the-middle passing game. And we have seen the few times that Aaron Rodgers struggles with turnovers, it tends to be a lurking linebacker. So I love what Corey Lindsley can do in the run game and neutralize Jack. It's going to be really important for the Packers' tight ends to keep them occupied in the passing game so he can't focus in on Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams coming out of the backfield. One other thing that I really like is the jet sweep motion because when you can keep those linebackers occupied by making them take a false step, that that's going to be really important in opening up some creases in the run game. So I'm hoping we don't hear Miles Jack's name a bunch on Sunday, uh, especially since, as I've mentioned, it physically pains me to hear it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one thing to note, Miles Jack is dealing with an ankle injury, so potentially that, that may. Um, I, I, it doesn't look like he's going to miss the game, but um, potentially that could impact this in, in the Packers' favor. I love that you mentioned Miles Jack here because when we get into games like this with teams like
3: Jacksonville, the temptation is to kind of count the win before it happens. But it's important to talk about the players that if things were to go sideways, they would be probably the impact players. And I think that Miles Jack is a perfect name to mention there because of his skill set. And like you said, he plays that linebacker position that could be a pesky spot uh, for Aaron Rodgers If something were to not go well, as far as the tipped pass or getting in a throwing lane or something like that. So definitely a good player to keep an eye on there in the game on Sunday. Um, the, Jaguars' secondary is a total mess. They, they took C.J. Henderson in the corner in the first round of this year's draft, and he has struggled like many rookies do, which is totally understandable. Sidney Jones is the other starter for this team, and he's absolutely still the best corner on this team, even with the addition of the first-round pick. So I would imagine that Devontae will get to play across from Jones quite a bit on Sunday but like I said, the other corners on this team behind Henderson and Sidney Jones are a mess. It's it's real bad. Trey right, uh Trey Herndon and D.J. Hayden, great at the very bottom of the cornerback position, according to Pro Football Focus in the NFL. So if Lazard is back, that would be great for this offense, and he and MVS might have some really strong opportunities in this game. Uh, The safeties for the Jags are interesting as well. Gerard Wilson and Andrew Wingard have actually played relatively well, Uh, but it's actually Josh Jones. That's right. Former Packers second-round pick, Josh Jones, who has played the most of the Jaguars' safety. And I, I think Joe Schobert has played more snaps on defense. He's the only player who's played more snaps on defense for Jacksonville than Josh Jones. And I saw a stat that showed Jones was leading Jacksonville in tackles. So, of course, I was like, oh, wow, maybe Jones found his game down there in Jacksonville. Well, Jones is on the field a lot. He's He's playing a lot, and that means he's making some tackles. But his pro football focus grade is still near the bottom of the league, and his coverage grade is absolutely horrific. He has the third lowest grade in coverage among safeties in the NFL, and PFF says that uh, he's logged 265 snaps in coverage there as well. So there may be some opportunities for the Packers running backs and tight ends to explore josh jones Uh, but i'll be watching this jacksonville secondary as a whole because it looks like the table might be set for aaron Rodgers to put up another impressive game and in the process continue to build his case uh, for league mvp that he seems to be building right now
4: yeah i i typically watch nfl red zone when the packers aren't on and one thing that i've noticed is in a lot of the Um, highlights against the Jacksonville defense Josh Jones gets mentioned quite a bit and that is not a good thing (laughs) for a channel that is showing mostly scoring plays so uh yeah that it's it's been a continued rough stretch to to Josh Jones career but it is good to see he's playing um you know and hopefully that he he turns things around just maybe not this week I have an uh,
3: autographed Josh Jones jersey, so I would be all for his resurrection of his career,
4: but <laughs> it doesn't look like that's gonna be uh worth a whole lot right now. Let's let's not kick it off on Sunday. But uh right. so I'm gonna transition over to the key matchups on defense and, and I chose to highlight the the Jaguars wide receivers against the Packers defensive back. So the Jaguars don't have a ton of talent and especially they don't have a ton of depth. In, in a lot of areas, and a lot of positions, but they definitely do at wide receiver. You have DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Chris Conley, and Keenan Cole, and they can all play. And we don't know what the health of the Packers' cornerbacks is going to be. You know, Kevin King and Jair Alexander are both beat up, and yes, Jake Luton is the quarterback, but... If the Packers have to run out, Shannon Sullivan, Kadar Hallman, Stanford Samuels, etc., the Jaguars' wide receivers are going to be a major challenge, and so I think being able to to keep them covered uh, is is going to be a really big deal come Sunday. I'm going to keep talking about what you're kind of you're talking
3: about here. It's interesting that as bad as the Jaguars have been they really do have some nice pieces on the offensive side of the ball. James Robinson has been a really nice surprise at running back. You mentioned the receivers as a group are are pretty good, and I'm sure that the Jags feel pretty optimistic about what this offense can become if they were to add someone like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. But when Jake Luton is your starting quarterback, there are going to be issues. It's not to rag on Luton. It's just that is kind of the deal that you're working with going into this game on Sunday. But the supporting cast is there for this team. It has talent, like you said, in some places. And the Packers are going to potentially be without maybe one, maybe two starting corners. So the matchup I'm going to be watching here is the Packers' pass rush versus the Jaguars' offensive tackles. I think it's going to be really important that Green Bay is able to get some pressure on Luton and take the pressure off of those cornerbacks on the back end. Because, as I said, Jacksonville has that talent. But if Green Bay... Uh, can make it a long day for Jake Luton with some hurries and QB hits. It's going to be difficult for him to find any kind of rhythm and connect with those weapons. One factor that could help Green Bay in this regard is that the Jaguars' offensive tackles have not been especially good. Cam Robinson, the left tackle, has been average as a pass blocker, uh, but nothing special. But over on the right side, Juwan Taylor, who I really like as a draft prospect, Has been a mess in pass protection. So I think there will be a healthy amount of opportunities for the Packers edge rushers to disrupt the Jaguars offensive game plan and really get Luton off his spot pretty early in this
1: game. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash Wire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st.
4: Yeah, and uh, you you mentioned draft prospects. I think this is one of the, the interesting factors about you know, playing a game against an AFC opponent that you don't see very often, right? Like once every four years, you end up playing against the Jaguars, and you see these guys that you may not get the opportunity to see a bunch because the Jaguars aren't going to be featured um, on on prime games uh, very frequently, and and certainly, you know, they're they're not going to be the um, you know highlight game on on CBS most of the time. So it is interesting. You you, you talk about a guy like Jawan Taylor; he was a, a draft crush have a lot of Packers Twitter. Um, he fell really far in the draft compared to, you know, people were giving him maybe some top 15 push and and he fell I think deep into the second round mm-hmm. and uh, or maybe it was a really second round whatever it doesn't matter and so it is it's it's interesting you, you know you see that um may, maybe the NFL scouts were on to something that that he was going to struggle at least early in his career and it's funny because pass pro seemed to be one of his strengths coming yeah. out as a draft prospect um and you know of course like there's times when people whiff you know mm-hmm. I I think. Taylor and DK Metcalf were in the same draft class, and those are two examples of guys that people thought really highly of. Both fell pretty far, way way further than anybody would have expected, and you know, kind of on different career trajectories mm-hmm. at this point. So, yeah. um, some interesting stuff there. I I know personally, I'm really interested in seeing this year's Jaguars draft class because besides the Baltimore Ravens, I think the Jaguars had my favorite draft class. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and, you know, I had C.J. Henderson rated a little bit lower, but I figured some team who loved a pure man-to-man coverage corner was, was just going to, you know, draft him really high. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the versatility of guys who can play a little bit more in zone and man, but um, Henderson certainly was the best pure man-to-man guy. You had Caleb on Chase on, um, who was a really exciting edge-rush prospect. Um, I'm trying to remember the rest of the. Oh, LaVisca Chenault, who is absolutely one of my favorite guys in this year's class. Um, And he has been a fun weapon. Um, Mm -hmm. He's somebody who who could get the Debo Samuel treatment, um, playing some running back, a lot of jet sweep action, a lot of gadgety plays. Um, I, Ben Barch was in this draft class. I'm I'm forgetting some others, but a lot, lot of young players that I'm really mm-hmm. interested to see. And and this is kind of fascinating thing beyond just the matchup of players that we get to see these guys that we like really liked in the draft, and then we don't, we, you know, we don't hear or talk mm-hmm. about them very much because they end up in Jacksonville.
3: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because clearly Jacksonville is rebuilding, and. Mm-hmm. You kind of wonder how much they want to win this game, and not that they're going to hand it to the Packers, but they are very much on a trajectory for the future, and that includes getting a top pick at quarterback, and it kind of makes you wonder, I honestly haven't watched a lot of the Jaguars, I don't know if they're using Josh Jones near the line of scrimmage as you may assume that he is, and that may be a reason that he's on the field playing almost kind of that hybrid linebacker role that maybe fits him in those kind of ways they may not be super motivated to get him off the field even if he's struggling you know they they want to see what he is he's a he's a new player for them uh, but working out the kinks of their team is maybe not their biggest priority in those kinds of things right now because they're in a race for that pick and so it'll be interesting to see you know how they're building for the future and they have all these picks you've mentioned it seems like they've got some good building blocks um but it's going to be interesting to see what they do on Sunday because all those pieces coming together isn't necessarily something that maybe they're striving for. And sneaking out a win against a Packers team with Jake Luton at your quarterback may not be the best thing that could happen uh, in the middle of the season as you're, as you're headed towards someone like Trevor Lawrence.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, and so in looking at this game on Sunday, where the next thing that we're going to talk about is X factors, and you and I don't have a particularly uh, good stretch run of things over the last few weeks when we're talking about <laughs> X factors, but I'm figuring, you know, last week we didn't pick one, and I feel like that totally uh, yeah. you know, wiped the slate clean. So Research. I'm gonna assume I'm gonna assume that we're just, you know, we're gonna hit it out of the park this week. But I'm gonna go with Alan Lazard. Two reasons here. If he plays, I think he's going to be awesome. If he doesn't play, then I get a pass. So
2: <laughs>
4: there you go, nice. technicalities, right? Nice. Um, if if you know this is a matchup that could really open itself up to be a great one for Lazard. You, you talked about the the Jaguars' cornerback situation, and it's not great. And they're you know they're probably going to put Sidney Jones on Devontae a lot, and then um, whoever the wide receiver two is is going to have a lot of. Uh, advantages in, in their matchup and there is some poetry in the fact that the Packers claimed Lazard off of the Jaguars practice squad so you know it is true you don't know what you've got till it's gone right and so give me Alan Lazard for a big game on his return to the field it's something like 75 yards and a touchdown
2: Wow wow, wow, wow
4: nice, um yeah, I'm with you, and I
3: almost went with someone like Tyler Irvin because I want that redemption for him as well, in the same way that it would be for Lazard being that former jaguar, but I'm going to go a different route, and I'm going to pick Darnell Savage as my X Factor this week. And there are a couple of reasons why. First, the Packers are real beat up at corner. We don't know exactly how that's going to shake out right now. And I, I think the Packers might choose to use Shannon Sullivan on the perimeter in certain situations, especially if King and Jair are not able to go. Um, I think this may allow Savage to play a little bit more nickel in the slot there, which uh, will get him closer to the play. And I think he could thrive there. And even if Savage spends a lot of the game deeper at safety... Jake Luton seems like he's going to be giving the secondary some opportunities uh, to make some plays on the ball, especially if the guys up front can generate pressure, and I think they will. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen Savage playing a little bit better. He seems to be playing faster, with a little bit more confidence, and I think this might just be the week that it all clicks for him and he's able to hold on for that big interception. So I'm hoping for a big game from Darnell Savage here.
4: Yeah, Devon Hamilton the nose tackle. As yeah. Well, there It was their go. third round pick that I, I really liked a lot too. And I, I- I totally forgot. I looked it up before uh-huh. the show and I I didn't write it down and I I drew a blank. But yeah, a lot of a lot of young players and you know you we we talk about roster building all the time, right? You know, and if it's if it's the Jaguars and and clearly quarterback is going to be something that you're you're looking at moving forward, I don't think that anybody believes Gardner Minshew is the answer anymore. Yeah. Um he he had some struggles this year before getting hurt and um <laughs> I don't think anybody's banking on a sixth round rookie being being that guy. Um although a really really impressive second career pass for Jake Luton on the the long touchdown pass last mm-hmm. week, but um you know they they're they're, they're going to I no NFL team I think truly tanks. You, you might set your roster up to fail and <laughs> I think you know the with with from the Jaguars' perspective we've seen them jettison a lot of talent over the last 12 months. Um, and and that may set them up. You, mm-hmm. you mentioned Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields. We're we're seeing um, an emerging quarterback. Uh, we were just talking to him before the show, uh, Zach Wilson, uh, Wilson from BYU. Yeah. Um, and then you know, there's a lot of pub out there about Trey Lance from North mm-hmm. Dakota State, who honestly I haven't seen much. And so I mean, it, it'll be interesting to me to to see if if you fall in that you know top two or three picks and. You can get that quarterback who who you feel like is going to be able to play right away. Um, the Fields or the Lawrence, and you know maybe you you let somebody start out the first few games like the Dolphins did with Fitzpatrick, um, you know like the Chargers were attempting to do with Terod Taylor. Um, but then there's the developmental guys, right? I, I don't. I I think Trey Lance is probably on a very similar trajectory to Jordan Love where he may get yeah. picked in the first round, but nobody thinks he's going to play right away. And so that that makes it interesting for a team like the Jaguars, too, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, are you going to stick with Minshew for another year? Um, and then I, I – oh, go ahead. I
1: think oh, no,
3: I, I want to ask you something totally crazy, so I want you to finish mm-hmm. what you're saying.
1: The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, But you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
4: No, uh, what, what I was going to say is, so, you know, we have these teams out here. There, There's teams like the Jets, the Jaguars, you know, are going to be quarterback hunting. There's teams that are kind of controversial, like the Giants, you know, are they ready to move on from Daniel Jones already, basically a year and a half into the experiment, and then there's teams out there like the Bears, right? And and so, you know, people are already made, drawing connections. There's the Zach Wilson thing, and, and we were joking before the show started, is it just that he's from BYU and wears a headband and everybody thinks he's <laughs> Jim McMahon Jr.?
2: Yeah.
4: Um, or, you know, is, is it really something that's there? And I, I certainly haven't seen enough of him yet, kind of newly emerging onto the scene to know, um and I there's there's also some rumors out there that they might be in the quarterback acquisition market a guy like Sam Darnold. Yeah. Um, oh wow. And so that is really interesting to me. That's fascinating. You know, do you take yeah. if if you know you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, right? We'll just we'll make the assumption he's tied to the Jets. And then let's say Justin Fields is is spoken for at, you know, pick 2 or whatever. Would you rather take a guy with an incredibly high ceiling, like a Zach Wilson or a a Trey Lance, or would you rather trade for somebody that you you know has a a pretty high floor, because they've already done in the NFL, like a Sam Darnold, but maybe that ceiling has sort of been reached already? It's fascinating.
3: Yeah, it's really, really interesting. And, I mean, I've thought about Sam Darnold a lot just recently, because it seems like the writing is on the wall, the Jets are going to move on. But I mean, you could talk about Josh Rosen, and I mean, everybody's got different opinions on on what could have been for Josh Rosen, different, different situations and those kinds of things. But Sam Darnold, I mean, of all the ways he could have played in so many different places that would have just given him a little bit more help, you know, like and weapons around and those kinds of things. So the crazy question that I was going to pose to you, and I know that this is not a Jaguars podcast, and we're months and months away from the draft. But if you're Trevor Lawrence or even Justin Fields, we can we can say that there's a debate. Would you rather be a Jet or would you rather be a Jaguar? And, and
4: is it close to you? That That's really fascinating. I think so much of that has to do with who the head coach is, right? I would never want to play for Adam Gase. <laughs> period. <laughs> that being said, I also don't have a real fond opinion of Doug Marone. Uh, so so yeah. I think there's two bad head coaches. The good news here is probably neither one of them is going to be around, right? And sure. and you know I don't talk about people getting fired lightly. It's you know they're they're humans and they have families and and those are important things. But they just haven't been <laughs> successful, and that's the nature of you know you right. get into that that line of work, and you know if if the results don't show up on the field, you're you're not going to uh, maintain your job, and so. Um, you know, it. I, I think a lot of it depends who who they would bring in. Um, you know the the reality of the situation is one of the most underrated aspects of professional sports is ownership, right? Yeah. It, you, you look at teams; it's incredible. You you keep saying, well, you know, in the NFL, last place teams go to first place. Sometimes you have teams that like shoot up and win the Super Bowl out of nowhere. But if you really look at it, right, like the Bengals franchise has never won the Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. How is that possible, right? Like right. you would think once every 32 years you should win the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, but yeah. it doesn't happen. Why are the Cowboys and the Steelers and the Packers and the 49ers so consistently good? Well, I like to think that it's ownership, right? You, you know you're going to bring in the right people at GM and head coach you're you're going to treat your assistant coaches the way you should and you're going to create this atmosphere where people feel secure enough that if they do need to rebuild a little bit, right? You have a couple of down years, that that you're you're going to have that system in place consistently. And when you look at teams that constantly turn over the head coach, right? Or you know, you, you can look at it two two different ways, right? Like they, they don't give them enough time to succeed or they bring in the wrong people and they're not going to succeed. So they have mm-hmm. to start over. And that, that just keeps setting you back further and further and further. Um, and, you know, sometimes you just you, you invest in the wrong people. And, and so that's tough. I don't know. I'm... I'm Talking in circles because I don't want to answer your question. <laughs> if if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I want to go number one, no matter where that is, okay. and All I'm right. gonna I'm gonna prove you wrong. Um, I I think the the better team and the better situation is Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, and I I think they can fix some of they like they they have a pretty strong interior offensive line. Yeah, they do yeah. I think they have. The um, they're going to have a second first round pick this year, mm-hmm. correct? I believe so. And and so you can you can hopefully fix um a little bit in the offensive tackle. You'll have some money to spend, so you mm-hmm. know it, you're going to try to bolster that line. Please don't mm-hmm. sign David Bacciari. Um, <laughs> and so you know you're going to firm up that offensive line. You have James Robinson. You have some talented wide receivers. We talked about. Um, that's a much better situation in my opinion. The Jets have no wide receivers. Their offensive line they just spent a ton of money on and is still in shambles. Um, yeah. They really haven't fixed it. Um, they, you know, they hope well, Michael P. is going to be good, but they don't really have much of a running game mm-hmm. uh, to speak of. Yet they also have an extra first-round pick. But I, I think you're starting from a better place, yeah. you know, in at Jacksonville.
3: Well, I gave you a really hard question to answer. it was like a five-minute response. You did not really answer it you. very Clearly. <laughs> no, but, no, but, see, I'm with you. I would choose the Jacksonville Jaguars if I had a choice. Just I think that the pieces are there. Um, but it's interesting, and I think Packers fans, all the way back to the Green Bay Packers, if people are still listening to us uh, talk about the Jaguars, uh, we are a spoiled franchise in that we don't know what this is like. Like, I mean, even if there's optimism about Trevor Lawrence – You you know that this team is years away from fielding a fully competitive team because the defense is in shambles. The offensive line needs help. It's going to take a while for chemistry to build. You're looking at a new head coach. I mean, obviously the Packers added a new head coach, and by some miracle. I mean, we talk about good franchises, the transition from Mike McCarthy to, you know, Matt LaFleur, and and people complain about, you know, that situation and my goodness, how spoiled are we that that happened and we had both of those coaches in Green Bay? But this is a team that is years away, and it's it's kind of like playing Madden when you start with a horrible team and you have that opportunity to like make something out of nothing. But the pain for a, a fan in that kind of a franchise is something that Green Bay Packer fans have. Maybe never known, depending on how old you are, and so um, we're spoiled, and we have uh, have you know years of success behind us
4: and potentially in front of us, and it's something I think we should never forget. Yeah, and thank you, thank you for saying that because it actually brought my thought back to where I was going, and that was the key to ownership, right? And we know the Packers don't have an owner, um, and. You know, say what you want about the fans owning the team, but but the fact is, there's a board that's put in place, and they have a ton of resources, right? Like financial resources. They have the, the a, a wonderful stadium. They they know they're going to have a consistent revenue stream, and they just make whatever the best decision is to move forward, and they're going to be consistent with it, right? Like they're they're not going to say we lost three games in a row, let's clean house, like mm-hmm. some franchises, yeah. you know. And <laughs> backers Twitter might disagree with that. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're not going to fire Mike Pett in midseason. We, we, we know that, right? Yeah. They, they maybe address that in the offseason and move forward, but this isn't the kind of react, you know. No. Before Mike McCarthy, they had never fired a coach midseason, and I truly believe they win that Arizona game two years ago. He makes it to the end of the year. Sure. And and so, um, you know, this is a franchise that's going to emphasize consistency, and I think that is what helps to breed the success. And, you know, gnash your teeth. Nash? Is that Nash. the right? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <Ganash>. <laughs> Whatever, Kyle. Good <laughs> Nash. Good Nash your teeth. Um. All you want about the Jordan Love pick, but what they're doing is they're preparing themselves to continue to move forward with this franchise. And yeah, there's the possibility Jordan Love doesn't work out. That it, it happens with quarterbacks a lot, um, but they're really they're, they're going to give Jordan Love every opportunity. They're starting with the best ball of clay you could possibly have. Super athletic, super great arm talent, and they're going to give him an opportunity to learn the right way with really great offensive coaches around him. And And so I think that's the way, you know, that's the advantage the Packers have over a team like the Jaguars. So, you know, that's why we talk about these things, because the Packers could be in this situation if things weren't managed properly. And so I I think you know it it's a great opportunity not only to like get excited about this weekend's game and some some exciting players and hopefully you know some guys getting healthy but i think it's also a good chance to reflect on the the fortuitousness of being a packers fan absolutely Great. Well, uh, <laughs> we we really went off the rails at the end of today's show, but that is okay. Uh, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow at Packer Day Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. You can catch us next week. Next Friday, previewing the Packers matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember...